0: For September 28th, 2020, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 639, a series of pellets and shocks. Welcome to Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. The Overthinkers are your smart, funny friends from the internet. We're never happier than when we are hanging out together and talking about the things we like. Very often, the the films or the TV shows, or these days the streaming or the streaming. Uh, Last week we did a uh, an extended uh, extended uh, examination of the current NBA basketball season. It was pretty cool. Uh, I learned a lot. So thanks, Pete, for doing that. And uh, and this week. We're going into another area that I, uh, I, where I am a little bit at sea, but fortunately, we have good guides to help us. I'm Matt Rather, and I'm joined by my good guides, Mr. Uh, I'm going to go in the reverse order because uh, uh, for reasons, Mr. Mark Lee. Hey, Mark. Uh, Hi, Matt. Uh, uh, Back. Reverse. Reverse reverse order. Feeling good. I'm. I'm glad that you can stand for this podcast. Uh, um, So to speak. So to speak. (laughs) uh, Who uh, originated our topic for today? And uh, Mr. Peter Fenzel. Hello, Pete. Hello, man. Uh, all right. So Mark, uh, Mark uh, brought something up that uh, he wanted to talk about that, um, you know, is going to be sort of an interesting, uh, you know, interesting thing to dive into. But first, I want to highlight one comment that we got uh, from listener Benjamin on the last episode. Uh, and I just want to uh, I just want to sort of commend it to your to your attention, because it is interesting. You know, there are comments. There's still we're, we're still a blog, you know, the 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 long unfashionability of blogs notwithstanding and um you know all the other anti-blog forces dark anti-blog forces massed in the universe um we still have like a webpage that you can go to for this episode that has a place where you can type a comment in and join us and join other listeners in a discussion. And uh, some of those, you know, one of the things I was back when, back when blogs were more of a thing and people would like write lists of best blogs on the internet. We got name checked a couple times in, um, in articles in uh, legit publications, as I recall of like uh, blogs where it was good to read the comments where the, the, the comment section was a cut above. And I, sp- I, I suppose that's a low bar on the internet, but we were always... Proud that it was uh, worthwhile not just to read the articles, but to actually stay for the community and the discussion. And uh, so, it it always makes me happy. And sometimes we do uh, listener feedback episodes, or uh, you know, when we go back and and read some comments on on the articles. It always makes me happy when uh, we get good comments on the show notes. This particular one from from Benjamin. Uh, it's it is long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want to just draw your attention to it. Uh, he says, "Imagine my thrill when Pete undertook the task of overthinking." professional basketball world collide <laughs> i added the sound effects benjamin didn't put the sound effects and he goes on as a lifelong milwaukee bucks fan no really I was devastated by the team's cruel elimination far before the final or penultimate episode of NBA season 74, when the big names usually are dispatched. In this way, the uh, demise of Giannis, oh, I don't I don't know his last name. <laughs> Pete, what was Giannis' last name? <laughs> Is much more Zoe Barnes. Oh, spoiler alerts for various prestige uh, television dramas. Much more Zoe Barnes than Ned Stark or Stringer or Adriana. My team was the death that lets everyone know that no one is safe, not the death that provides catharsis at the end of a long thematic journey. Anyway, since you guys mentioned Moneyball, I'd like to talk about the Moneyballification of basketball and the narratives that this creates, and he proceeds to go on to do that. I commend that to your attention. Thank you very much, Benjamin, and thank you to everyone who, uh, you know, John C. is always good for uh, an insightful comment or two on every episode. A lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of people, you see him in the carousel on the the homepage. Um, We're grateful to all our great. Commenters, okay. Let's uh, let's move on. I um, the state of my the the art of my video game knowledge uh, sort of ends at Mike Tyson's punch out. But uh, Mark, I understand that you have recently dipped back into the world of uh, video games and have s- some stuff to report to us from that that far kingdom, um, farther away, I suppose, f- the, from me than any normal person. But please tell tell me. Uh, tell your weird friend matt what is going on in the world of video games
1: well I, as we'll soon discuss well, the, the, one of the big questions that handle the am i the weird person uh, based on how i've been playing uh, uh, computer games recently okay so the short version of the long story my quarantine hobby has been playing more video games really computer games i mean we could quibble about the distinction between video games and computer games Second, but um, as a present to myself recently, I built my own gaming PC. I um, watched a bunch of YouTube videos of uh, white goateed men, and they taught me how to do it. Um, and one of the things that I was very excited to play, a uh, motivating force, uh, force for this, pun intended, was the most recent Star Wars Jedi video game experience thing. Um, I believe its full title is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And I have this has prompted a lot of thoughts. Uh, on my behalf, and a lot of soul-searching. You know, I went into my Jedi meditation hyperbaric chamber, and I've tried to connect to the Force um, and and search my feelings, because I know these things to be true. Okay, so the first let's talk about what this game is, to so kind of orient those Matt and anyone else in the audience who doesn't know about Jedi Fallen Order. Mm. So my angle going into this, right, is that hey, back in the day, I played a star a variety of, star, played tons of Star Wars video games, in particular a few that um... Uh, lets you play as a Jedi Knight. Because what, what are what is the greatest things about Star Wars? Well, for me, it's the space combat stuff. And while there's a new space combat game coming out soon, so I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But the next favorite thing for me to do in a Star Wars video game is, of course, is to be a Jedi Knight, run around with a lightsaber, hack stormtroopers apart, use the Force, and of course, engage in awe-inspiring lightsaber duels there were the dark forces games um you might remember those pete uh from like late 90s and early 2000s that did a pretty decent job of simulating this experience and finally in 2019 um but there's the force Unleashed. Yeah, duel, they were like uh, years ago they
0: were like the real experience they were really close to the actual experience
1: well i mean close enough right you know it, it recreated enough of the key elements of the spectacle uh spectacle that I just described, in terms of the force and the lightsabers and stuff like that, that it, like it, it felt good. You know, it had the sound, the right sound, and the right visuals and everything like that. Huh. Um, so there was the, the Force Unleashed games. That I never played. There were, apparently was some sort of disappointment from a, a few years ago. And uh, there's this long drought. And finally, hey, 2019 comes along. Uh, here's this new Star Wars video game. You know, it's a proper Jedi game it's it is triple a quality as they call kind of the biggest blockbuster video games these days which by the way costs a very significant 60 bucks you know that's the the point adventure as opposed to like 40 or 50 bucks as it was a few years ago um, anyway so in 2019 uh, i got back into computer gaming in 2020 and much to my surprise this game was very very different, um in ways that i really was not expecting And as I started to research, you know, play the game and and enter the online community about this, I realized that uh, I was missing a big sort of uh, context and maybe some like background that other people playing this game might have going into it, which would make it less intimidating. So, Pete, can you orient us a little bit like I'm given to understand that this game is uh, as much of a quote unquote melee combat game as it is a Star Wars Jedi game. So what is a melee combat game and why are these games so difficult?
2: Well, okay. so I don't think of this as a formal genre per se, and I've never heard a term specifically about this particular kind of game. Maybe somebody who's in the industry could have a very narrow term. But when I think about this kind of game, what I think about are, first of all, what do we know about it, right? It's a third-person game. You're looking at your character, and then you're looking at the area around your character, and you're seeing a view – that represents more or less what your character can see, but the camera moves around, so on and so forth, right? The, the 3D view that was pioneered in Mario 64 and has become kind of dominant in all these 3D games. I'm sure there were, there were ones before that, too. Um, but that that's the sort of view, right? It's third person. Uh, you, are, you are fighting, right? It's an action-adventure game. It has a story. Uh, it has a um, progression to it. Right. Do you, do you go up in levels and you gain abilities and new weapons and things like yep. that?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, RPG so can, light sort of. Things, yeah. yeah.
2: So it has a light RPG element and where you're progressing and you follow a story right as, as the game goes on. But you also have this action adventure component, uh, the action component being that the combat that you're engaged in isn't settled in turns per se. Right. Uh, but but is settled through sequenced. Uh, sequence kind of exchanges of dexterity and coordination testing, right? Like, wait, settled, you to settled
0: through here. through like long negotiations with the trade federation, right? Because yes, th- aggressive that's aggressive negotiations. Yeah, that's the real Star Wars <laughs> way.
2: Yeah, but but I guess the, the distinction would be between uh, okay, so when you're thinking about taking to strip it all the way down, right? Strip it all the way down to the idea that this is an RPG in the sense that there's a story that you're following and you are going from point to point. And trying to fulfill the conditions of your objectives in order to progress the story. And is it open world? Are you, is it sandboxing? You get to go wherever you want? I haven't played in Order.
1: So. Not, not quite, no. Not it's, quite. it's, so it's a little Here's, bit here's another, here's another uh, word to throw out there, which is new to me, but apparently is just like, you know, a, a part of the culture. Metroidvania. Does that mean anything okay. to you, Pete?
2: Well, when I hear about Metroidvania, I think about 2D games. Um, but so, so Okay. So the tradition of Metroid and Castlevania, which makes up the portmanteau of Metroidvania, I think of it as 2D. It's probably progressed to 3D. That makes sense in terms of the idea that as you're playing the old, old NES game Metroid or the game Castlevania, you're making your way through an elaborate maze. And you can think of the whole game Mm -hmm. as sort of existing as a a single map. And you progress from point to point in this gigantic map. Uh, getting items that will facilitate you moving forward in the game, gaining powers, progressing your character, right? Not. I mean, there's bare-bones story elements, but, yeah, I suppose that's one way of describing it, that that this is at heart... it's These kinds of games are at heart a Metrovania game, but I'm really... And what I'm trying to point out is that there's a combination of conventions that have developed in different video game genres that have come together in this very current sort of style of game. And, I mean, I would even put... Zelda Breath of the Wild, right, in this sort of category. And you could even say, you know, Zelda Ocarina of Time (laughs) to an extent, uh, to a lesser extent in this kind of category way back in the day, right? But uh, uh, it's not as far back as Metroid. But but, but the idea that, okay, on one hand, you have the notion of an action-adventure game with progression like Metroid, like Castlevania, where it's not just about, Uh, You know, it's not purely a dexterity test. You have to kind of follow paths and go through mazes and and pick up items. And then there's also an involved story, probably with voice acting and, and plot lines. Right.
1: Yeah, in this game yeah. For so, sure. yeah, it's like so, so then that is
2: the RPG element, right? Where you have RPG, probably have some FMV, you have some full motion video scenes, cut scenes. Well, in they're,
1: there, there, It's like you know, actors are mocapped, and then you know, their uh, their their three D representations are uh, emoting and acting on the screen. There the we go, scene. love
2: it. Yeah, I'm using old terms here, right? And so you have the RPG elements of the leveling, and then you also have the story elements, where, and in the and the cutscene stuff. But then you also combine it with the action adventure of Metroidvania. And the element that I really wanted to focus on, which I think is what you had the most trouble with in this game based on my conversations with you, is the incorporation of a fighting game style combat mechanic.
1: Right. And by fighting it, game, you mean like Street Fighter or Mortal yes. Kombat? So the- when, when I say fighting
2: games, uh, I, I would generally refer to either 2D or 3D, but you're, you're you know, two people facing off against each other. They each have health bars or whatever, and they're trying to, you know, the, and they're the, the sort of basic concept of a fighting game, right, is that you have certain variations of strikes and certain variations of blocks, and you're trying to match. So the very, very basic game is I want to hit you in a, the place where you're not blocking, and you're trying to hit me in the place where I'm not blocking, and then maybe we can pull off combos and things like that, right? But yeah. But the idea that you have – and also the idea that you have, like, light and heavy attacks – and that have different startup times and that hit harder or differently in different areas, right? And so fighting games become these really complex matrices these days uh, of different sorts of combinations. Okay, this move comes out slower, but it breaks the guard, right? Oh, well, uh-huh. so it means you can dodge and you, it's a 3D game. So you can three-dimension dodge to the left, but you can't dodge to the right, right? So modern fighting games are very, very complicated in this regard. And you really have to learn each character and all the combos if you want to— feel like you are possessing yourself right while you're playing mm-hmm. as opposed to they also you also want them to be fun. If you got up there and you grab a controller and you push a few buttons, you want cool things to happen. You want to be able to see cool things. But one of the big issues with fighting games, I would almost describe it as a fighting game literacy. And each different fighting game system is a different language. You have to uh, understand and get some practice and some muscle memory with the language of the fighting game that you're playing with in order to feel like your decisions matter. Uh, and that's my experience, right? So fighting games that I've played extensively, the soul Calibur series, uh, why well, I, I was doing fighter Z dragon ball, fighter Z mortal Kombat, street fighter. I have not played a lot of Tekken, but a little bit, um, dead or alive, uh, the Ninja turtles, clay fighter. I mean, I, I've played a, a bunch of fighting games. I'm a huge aficionado. I know what Evo is. Um, And, of course, that it didn't happen this year for a variety of reasons. But the point being that if you don't know—I'll come out with with a really simple example, right? So there's a concept in fighting games called frame advantage, right? Um, And and the way that this—what this means is the basic unit of time— In a fighting video game is a frame of animation, and it's not necessarily a a frame of sort of the movement of your character, but it's a frame of the refreshing of the image on your screen, right? And the sort of moving image of the video game. And so that might be 30 frames per second, 60 frames per second. It depends on uh, on what you're doing. And so uh, you might describe a particular move as coming out in nine frames, right? And I think that's that's Mitsurugi's neutral A in most Soul Calibur games. I think it comes out, like, it's, like, real fast, like, the tenth of a second, right? It comes out. And that means that from the moment I the button to the moment that the move is active and able to hurt the other player, there's a gap of nine frames, which if you divide, you know, we're talking about very much fractions and fractions of a second. Mm -hmm. But... If my move is nine frames to come out and your move is 11 frames to come out and we push the button exactly at the same time, my move will win. Mm. Right. And and so this this gets so you have uh, you might have frame advantage. Um, Well, what frame advantage would mean is that not only does that work, but if I hit you and you block. Right. There might be an interaction wherein there's a slight lag where my character is like stumbling or kind of pulling his weapon back. Where I can't push the A button again to get him to swing again until he's recovered, right? And then the other person also might be recovering. And so let's say there's a situation where I strike and they block, right? But they recover from their block faster than I recover from my strike they would have what's called a frame advantage. And so then if their frame advantage is more than three or more than two, their 11 frame move can beat my nine frame move because they have three frames of advantage on me, right? This is like the nuts and this is like the real finer details of how you figure out how to plan strategies, sort of the overarching strategy when you approach playing a particular character in a fighting game. You want to know the frames. You want to know what moves combo into each other. Yep. You want to know what moves sort of cancel into each other. Um, and and also there's a large combination of different kinds of things that you can do, right? Uh, and so I don't think that all of this sort of stuff was necessarily present in your game, at least in a sort of very pressing way. But, like, well, if I go in—yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, lots of it was. Yeah. And I wanted to draw a contrast uh, to everything you described there with um, another, like, huge swath of video and computer games, which is being a first-person shooter, right? Right. Everything you described there about frame advantage and the blocking and getting the the hits in based on timing and things like that just does not apply to a Call of Duty or Half-Life 2 sort of game where it's it's very much about speed, pointing your gun in the right direction. And even I would say actually the old Jedi games that I played back in the day um were about speed and positioning and then button mashing as fast as you can to swing your lightsaber to get some hits in. There's no blocking in these right, old right. in these old Jedi games. Um and so Everything that you described there in terms of the fighting game mechanics was very, very new to me. Like, I did not play those those sorts of games uh, um, back in the day, and and to the extent that I did, really, I was not—I did not consider myself to be very good at them. Maybe it's because I, you know, the whole patience of, like, you know, like you said, learning the characters, learning the moves, and learning the timing of things is rather difficult to do. So, um, let me then, like, bring all this to the part that just, like, go ahead, Pete. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Can I just? Can I finish up? Just. yeah, I want to yeah, actually
2: yeah. bring it back to your game. I don't want to leave that topic before we finish, right? So, the notion here is that in these third person adventure games, these third person action adventure Metroidvania RPG combo games with stories and progression and professional actors and all this stuff, there's a control element. That is going to be related to a fighting game control element in this fighting game in a fighting game like this, it's very possible for you to keep hitting somebody and for them to be able to block and punish you exactly the same way every single time you hit them yep right and and this is not necessarily what you would expect from something like a shooter, right exactly. where like where like oh, I'm being punished for actually trying to shoot them right um and and so they, what I would also say is that the the concepts of these sorts of advantages lets the game slow down so if there wasn't this sort of advantage if it was all about who pushed the button faster then i think the sort of advancement of fighting games would be for the games to get faster and faster and faster as people are pushing the buttons faster and faster and faster but if you can build these complex relationships between how long it takes to attack how long it takes to block how long it takes to dodge, how long it takes to throw and sort of what beats what on a timing basis. You can also kind of slow down the whole pace of the thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when, if you don't know what's going on because you don't have that kind of fighting game literacy, it gets really confusing, right? Yeah. Because you could push the A button and your character kind of rears back to throw a strike and you don't know that you already lost because you attack a <laughs> position where you have disadvantage and uh, you don't find uh, out for like half a second. Yeah. Right. And so that's I think and that and there are definitely games I've played that have worked that way where you go into your first few fights and you just die because it has a a, I mean, I think the early levels, the early section of The Witcher 3 feels a bit like this, where if you wander off the road and get into any sorts of fights, you don't have the skills in the combat system, which is kind of clunky and slow from the perspective of somebody who's used to really tight controls and, and really responsive controls. You know, you have to plan like that that second or two ahead, but you also need to know what all your moves do, right? And you, need to, and you need to know what all your opponent's options are. And you probably can't know that without looking it up on the internet is the other element, right? Like playing a lot of these games at a relatively high level requires you to look them up. It is not a shameful thing. It is sort of expected, right? That like everybody's reading the spoilers, everybody's figuring out how it goes. And so a lot of the time when these games get really hard, it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to make the boss fights really hard, uh, and I'm going to sort of expect that you're going to look it up if you get stuck, uh, which is not something that a lot of people bring into these sorts of mentality. So anyway, Mark, I yeah. wanted to flesh all that out. Uh, yes. As, and, and then – and I'm sorry. Now, by all means, continue uh, talking about your experience here and how this all fits together.
1: Yeah, so you've described so many different things that went against my uh, background in playing games um, that made this like, a fascinatingly engaging and also terribly frustrating experience um, including that part you mentioned about uh, making the, the the boss fights you know extraordinarily difficult so the expectation is you have to go look it up uh, my expectation going into a game is that uh, the game kind of takes you along the journey teaches you what you need to know and does so at a pace that balances um, your ability to get visceral thrills out of it um, while uh, also making it challenging so that there's you know obstacles to overcome and sure you will die a few times uh, but in doing so you will figure out, Uh, The dodge patterns uh, and how to block and how to uh, avoid the attacks and then get the advantage and and win and progress and so on and so forth. Right. And sure, like that happened. And like I was dying a lot, um, like a a comical amount in this game, but never to the point where I was like, is there something wrong with me? Until I really started to to get to the big boss fights. Um, And so I'll fast forward to the very end. Of this, And, you know, spoiler alert, you go up against a, a dark Jedi, a epic lightsaber duel sort of thing. And I'm not exaggerating. For this one boss vice, it took me four hours, four hours of repeated play. And keep in mind that each engagement lasted on average like five minutes. So do the math there. I went at this like well over 100 times. Um, and I still couldn't beat it at the difficulty level that I started out with, the default. Uh, which is like one notch up from, uh, for lack of a better word, easy. And then I just gave up. It was 1230 at night. Um, I was like, this game is impeding my ability to get up and be a functioning adult the next day. I'm going to crank the difficulty level down to his easiest setting. And I did that. And, well, I still died the first time I went out against the final boss. But the second time, I beat the game. And then for the most part, I moved on with my life. So the first question that I want to bring up, open this up here is this idea of am I doing it wrong, right? The game was like wearing me down and and like making me question my worth as my quote unquote worth as a gamer, where I was questioning, like, am I doing it wrong? Is this game designed in such a way that um, makes it impossible for someone like me to get in and engage and do it in a reasonable manner? Or is it in, is it designed pitched at someone with the background and, and literacy that Pete was describing, and then it's my fault for for not knowing that and not bringing that into the game. Uh, so the, I guess the, the rephrase the question here is, um, you know, what is it that a game owes to us, and what uh, and how open should it be uh, in in pitching to people with a wide range of literacies and these sorts of, of skills coming into it. Pete, do you have any thoughts on that? I think that what you described in terms
2: of the game having a responsibility to teach you what you need to know in order to win the game sounds like a really good concept, right, for game design. And probably I've heard one described to me uh, in in many situations. Yeah. I think that certain certain games are praised for the elegant way in which they teach without you the, the player being aware that they're being taught. Um, I think the, the Mega Man, I think Mega Man 2 is sometimes brought up as a game that does this pretty well. Like when you're in the Heat Man level of Mega Man 2, and there are these blocks that appear and disappear in a certain order, and you have to jump across them, uh, they, they have you do it to get over a pillar, right, before you have to do it over lava. <laughs> And it sort of teaches you, oh, okay, you instantly figure out how you're supposed to do this sort of thing, right? So it helps. sometimes it helps to go back to the really old games because the mechanics are super simple and they can't be more complicated, and so that helps to sort of uh, clarify the concept. I think it's reasonable to ask that the game uh, teach you what you need to know in order to beat it. And and I can't fully engage with the question without knowing... a little bit more about why you kept losing. Were you underleveled? Is there a level mechanic where you should have been grinding experience or doing other things to be at a higher level when you came to the, the fact... I'm like, I'm trying not to do spoilers here, so I'm actually looking up how to beat this fight. Um, <laughs> and so... So, OK, hold on. I, I don't oh, think I it see was, what it is. I see the situation. OK, I don't I think
1: situation. it was a leveling thing. There is an aspect of it where if you, you know, kind of grind through more of the game, you get more health regeneration and more yeah. force powers and things like that. And had I done that, yeah, I would have been in a much better uh, situation for it. But really, the thing was that, like the, the game, like, you know, it is extraordinary. The, the opponent is extraordinarily difficult through the first two-thirds of the fight, and then takes it up to a whole other level in the third uh, final stage of the fight by uh, starting to, to throw these flash grenades at you, which temporarily blinds you, which just, like, and it would make everything that went uh, before like, even that much more difficult.
2: Right. So, so, here's, so looking at this game, looking at this guide, and I'm not going to go into any more spoilers about how this fight works, but looking at this guide, what it seems to me is the case is that this this boss hits you with a variety of different attacks that require very narrow and specific responses from a character who has a very wide toolbox of moves.
1: Yep. Right. That's all like, accurate. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like you have a whole bunch of different kinds of things that you can do. And then and it's it's almost like Mike Tyson's punch out the old punch out game where it's like, OK, at this point, you know, this if at this punch, you know, you, you can't block. And this punch, you can block. And this punch, you have to dodge. And this punch, you can't dodge. And this idea is um, that that you have to figure out the very specific things you have to do Uh at very specific times. And techniques that should work, that you have learned over the course of the game, would work in a similar sort of situation, don't work here. And that's what makes her hard. Uh And that feels bad, (laughs) right? Like, that to me feels like, the wrong way to go about a boss fight, though it's one that I've encountered several times. And in particular, when you're talking about, um, I mean, I think one of the concepts that we're talking about is like frame advantage and we're talking about blocking versus dodging, uh, in fighting games. If a game does not train you early on, that there is a difference between different kinds of forms of, of defense and evasion, And then it sort of tests you well into the game as to whether you've picked up this concept that it hasn't tried to teach you, then that that's a feel bad moment. And I would suggest that maybe the game has done something wrong, Um, I I guess, like, uh, I mean, because because what's the here's the other thing. What's the point of having a cool character who can do all sorts of cool stuff if when the chips are down and you're in the final battle of the game, only one of the things that you can do at any given time matters? Right, it it almost puts the game on rails. Like you have to follow a very specific sequence in order to beat a boss like this. Sometimes, and uh, and it's
1: frustrating and sad. <laughs> right, it's sort of like you know I should it, be able. It, it to is have those things, to, right? Yeah, it is frustrating and sad. And and so I'm I'm one of the, my big questions uh, I uh, that I'm really searching searching myself for an answer for is why is it that I felt compelled to keep trying over and over again, especially when it got to you know the two, three-hour mark of, like, that last marathon session. Was it pride? Was it stubbornness? Like, I think any rational reaction to the, the problem that you just, uh, that, as you've laid it out there, Pete, um, is to stop, right? And yet I didn't. Right. So I, I'm submitting myself to a psychological evaluation here. Like, you know, especially when in, in the in this very specific context of video games. And, like, do you have an explanation as to why, like, I kind of kept throwing myself up against the wall there?
0: Well, I'll ask Matt. Matt, are you familiar with Charles Duhigg? Yes. Wait. Why do I know that name? He wrote the Power of Habit. Oh, yes, I am. Uh, yes, I am familiar with him. I, I think I had that book out sometime earlier in the pandemic when I w- was suffering under the delusion that it might be uh, that this might be an opportunity for self improvement. Um,
2: that is. That is. A... <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, by the way, uh, a wonderful little logical paradox that you've caught yourself, in, <laughs> which is that you need to you need to figure out when to have the time and energy and, and commitment to read this book uh, about making things a habit that you do automatically. Yeah. Right? Um, he wrote a book, another book called Smarter, Faster, Better that I'm actually in the middle of reading. That's about um, I mean, you probably really like this book, man. It's about motivation and productivity at work, Uh which I know you care a lot about and and think and talk a lot about. Um, And and it's and it's from a somewhat cognitive, scientific and statistical standpoint. Mm. He's not just saying, you know, okay, you know, to be more productive, you really need to put the sun on your left. And like, you know, we've 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 I talked to five uh, of the best mountain climbers that have ever lived, and they all said that they drink you know, tea rather than coffee, so you should drink tea and you'll be great. Like that kind of like that kind Got of it. like anecdotal evidence kind of stuff. Yeah. Um but but uh but one of the things
0: that no, the I'm I'm, really I'm familiar just- with the work of Tim Ferris.
2: <laughs> it's all about fermenting. I would I eat, I ate sauerkraut. I eat, like three forkfuls of sauerkraut every morning for at one point for like eight months because of a Tim Ferriss book. Um, <laughs> it was great. I highly recommend it. Sauerkraut's delicious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did. You know, I did the same thing with kimchi. Like it's uh yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's probably good. I mean, it's, you know, probably it certainly doesn't do you any harm <laughs> to have, right. have a little kimchi with your eggs or something in the morning.
2: Right. Right. Uh, and so what, what in the book is, the book is trying to advance the kind of cognitive basis for motivation and it and it orients it around, uh, you know, a, an internal locus of control, right? So the which is not particularly shocking insight, but the idea that and this this is a tricky idea for people because it creates an extrinsic benefit to a worldview, right? It's it's the idea the idea sort of presents the conundrum that particular worldviews might actually. Extrinsic benefits to the people who abide by them, regardless of the degree to which they are accurate or not. Right. Uh, And the notion being that the more that you believe that your circumstances are the result of your own doing, the more motivated you are to do more stuff and and to work and also to in certain ways, enjoy your life. Right. And this is, you know, been experimented on and tested on animals and humans in various ways. Uh, it's stuff like, you know, uh, nursing home people who rearrange their own furniture. There's like a nursing home where some of the people rearrange their own furniture and some of the people didn't. And the people who rearranged their own furniture lived longer and had better health outcomes and stuff like that. Right. Which, you know, it's it's a little bit dodgy being in a business book. But the notion is that. It, that that if you want to be motivated to do something, it should be something that you feel in control of and also not just that you're in control of it, but that you're able to make meaningful choices that matter about what's going to happen. Right. That you make decisions and the decisions that up mattering and also that there's a certain degree of psychological safety that you're not going to be punished or humiliated for expressing yourself and for, uh, you know, expressing your kind of autonomous feelings about things. Right. And so if you have this combination of psychological safety and, uh, and internal locus of control and this idea of choice, then it motivates you, uh, to do, to keep, to keep going. And so with a video game, right, we've talked in the past about kind of the dopamine cycles where you want to give people those pure, bumps of dopamine and then the big bumps of dopamine and serotonin or whatever neurotransmitter you're talking about in order to kind of addict people to the feeling of playing the game and kind of give them a reward so you're trying to operantly condition people based on a kind of a reward framework to continue to play your game but of course as we know now it's not all just about reward there's other things that factor into decision making and sort of so what i would suggest mark is part of why you might have found this boss fight so frustrating But that you kept doing it is probably because the game up until this point uh, allowed you to make your own decisions about how to confront various problems Mm -hmm. and and like and like gave you a sense of control over the situation by by demonstrating to you the effects of your choices in a visible and palpable way. Um, Yeah. yeah. And and so that motivates you to keep going. And now at this point, oh, now you have no choice anymore. Because you can only beat this boss by following a specific algorithm, right? I mean, that's probably an exaggeration. The practical fact of the matter, but like, let's say that's the reality. Because if you don't know the difference, you know, between like guard impacting and soul caliber versus blocking, you know, that's going to cause you a whole bunch of problems that you might not be aware of if you play the game even for months. But right. Um, let me let me take this.
0: Anyway. Can I, let, let me kind of rewind into a, a a slightly a slightly more concrete though though I'm sure less totally accurate example. Um, my uh, my dad had a dog once that was a chocolate lab and the lab loved to swim uh or did he um you know he lived in a house with the pool first thing in the morning lab jumping off into the jumping off into the pool and uh one day as my dad and i were talking he sort of mused to me i wonder if gus really does like to swim or if he just does swim all the time And you know the the difference between something (laughs) something that you know. uh, So, what is the difference between what you like to do and and you know what you do, uh, what you like do? You know, Uh, the 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 difference between those things I think might actually be harder to. To tease out than we think. So like uh, uh, near as I could uh, sort of uh, follow what Pete was suggesting about your your playing this boss fight uh, over and over for four hours. It's like um, a little bit. Uh, it, it's just something that you did. It's something that you were kind of trained to do. That you were, mm-hmm. that you're kind yeah. of like your, your attention and the kind of the reward system Pete describes, um, the like the, you know, the kind of the, the little dopamine spurts in the, in the mesolimbic brain. I'll, I'll actually sort of go as a total non, uh, total non psychologist, non, you know, uh, behaviorist. I'll, I'll go further into say, I, th- I feel like the disappointment is also a part of that cycle, you know, the, at, at least as I, as I, I recall the kind of introductory reading about B.F. Skinner and, and like, uh, experiments on rats and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, get, uh, give a rat a pellet when it hits the, the lever, you're going to train the rat to hit the pellet. Shock the rat when it hits the lever, you're going to train the, the the rat not to hit the, hit the lever. Right? Like... Uh, shock it intermittently and reward it intermittently at random level, at random intervals for doing the same action, you're gonna mess up one rat. You're gonna get one screwed up rat. Hit <laughs> <laughs> like, me. me. So
1: Let me describe how this is out in this particular game, in, in this boss fight. Um, yes, yeah, so you go into it thinking you have this sense of control. Um, and you've been rewarded for it in the past and because, you know, again, lightsaber duels, very difficult, are spectacular, and you get these wonderful cinematics and light and the sound and everything is all perfect, and it, it is very Star Wars. Um, the reward comes in, you know, for doing a certain behaviors and that, like, you know, when you get those blocks exactly right or when you dodge, you're rewarded with a little slow motion and then an opening where you can unleash a, what feels like a devastating attack. And you hit, make the hits, and you see the health bar go down, and everything, again, looks and sounds exactly right in the way you want your Star Wars fantasy to do. And then uh, the punishment happens on mere, seemingly at random where you didn't get the dodge and the block just right. And then you're just uh, hit with a devastating series of chained attacks, and your character crumples to the ground. Um, and then it's like, well, time to do this again. And yes, yeah, so to the, what was described earlier, um, it became a thing to do. Absolutely. And the other important context is this, is that, you know, whatever was it last week or the week before that all this was happening? I'm sure there was some terrible national news happening, whether it be the coronavirus or the Trump administration or something like that. And this became an active antidote against doom scrolling, right? You know, that uh, horrible new phenomenon of going through your social media feed and just like getting bombarded with negative news. It's like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go do my other thing here. And it just so happens to be involving, you know. Um, going to the, the this infernal Vegas slot machine of, of of pellets and 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 shocks and and the force, <laughs> and uh, and getting punished and rewarded in these seemingly random ways, until I finally decided to to get myself off of this train here. So so okay so great. That Pete, thank you for providing uh, a vocabulary um, for uh, for this phenomenon that I experienced. So uh, now I want to turn it over to to you, Matt, rather non video game player. And 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 put the spotlight on you for a little bit here. Oh God! So everything we described so far, right? Up, up,
0: down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Can I pass out of this level? (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or don't don't you want to experience the the, the shocks and the pellets, Matt? (laughs) Can I do it? I you know what? Come join us. Like that's as my question to you, right? Like everything we described here, right? You know this like incredibly intricate um, series of you know uh, counter attack. Follow-up move, um, and then you know the the spectacle that I described here. Is any of this at all appealing to you? Do you want a piece of this? I never you want to, like, like spend <laughs> four bucks on a PlayStation and just like and just go. you don't have to build it. You,
0: want a, a you right? want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? I do. I actually have contemplated several times over the last, you know, half dozen years, uh, dropping, you know, whatever it is, 400, 500 bucks on a, on a console gaming system, largely so that I could have activities with, with, um, with my friends, you know, uh, with friends who are, who are far away, like the over, you know, the overthinking it crew, which is like, it's, it's sort of a weird thing. This, this life. You're, you're, th-
1: this, this podcast is a series of podcasts.
0: Oh, shit. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure it is for the listeners. I'm sure it is for the listeners. In fact, for the for the writers and the you know the those of us who've worked on it together. Overthinking it is probably a series of pellets and shocks. Uh, it accounts for a strange addiction to it. Um, but the uh, no the the I, it's a weird situation um, having kind of moved back to the East Coast where like my crew, my closest crew of people. Um, uh, you know, uh, is scattered, is probably my college friends and is scattered, uh, all over the country, but, you know, concentrated in the Northeast. And that, like, um, and that, though I have, like, Wonderful, like excellent friends who, whose, you know, friendship I cherish and, and, um, whom I, you know, can't wait to see again once we're all out of semi isolation. It, it's not a crew. They tend to be like the kind of the one off relationships that you de- develop more in adult life, either as a single person or as a couple meeting, you know, other people or other couples. Um, and that sense of like, you know, we like a group of friends, you know, that you would do like a weekend trip with, you know, a weekend at a lake with is as is, is scattered because I, you know I don't like and I think this is unusual I guess more more usual these days but I you know I don't live um, cl- uh, close to the crew so the um you know, I, I've been thinking about getting a, uh, getting a console game mostly for the, the audio chat functionality so that while, while I'm getting fragged or whatever the kids are calling it these days, um, the, uh, I'm get, you know, I can sort of talk to my friends and have, uh, have a fun conversation and we can kind of have an activity together. I, you know, honestly, the fighting games don't like, uh, like the FPSs I never, I never liked. We played, um, My school got networked computers, got some grant, I think, from like the Keck Foundation or something to do, uh, to put computers in classrooms, which was terrible because we were much better at computers than the adults who were, you know, supposed to supervise us. And so, like, we had a system where we were playing, I think, network doom, uh, while one person would go up and, like, work a calculus problem at the board. And then the next person would go up and you'd slide, slide into uh, his or her seat. Um, and, the, and we had this kind of like musical chairs version of, of that going on. But it, even, you know, as far back as that, I mean, I remember seeing like Wolfenstein 3D early and the like first person shooters never really, um, never really did a lot. Like uh, Soul Calibur was big when we were in college, never did a lot for me. I, I mostly like the thing, but I like, uh, strategy. I like puzzle games. I like the kind of the, the narrative, um, you know the narrative type of games the kind of the non time lock uh type of things and and yet i i just feel like this i feel like i don't have a path in you know i feel like the path in was sort of lost to me and though i really enjoy casual games i mean again in the kind of the puzzle variety like i play uh the new york times crossword on my phone i do sudoku's on my phone i I, you know that that kind of thing um like threes i got oh you and i Mark used to send each other screenshots of our high score, uh, threes, um, scores. And, uh, by the way,
1: we, were, we were we getting good as the, uh, as the kids say these days, have you seen,
0: uh, have you seen mini motorways from the people who brought you mini, mini Metro? No, no. I haven't. Oh, it's a uh, you. You <laughs> built little roads for cars to drive on, and the cars increase the the number of cars increase, and you have to do good transportation planning. You have to build a good system of roads to uh, send people around your city. It's uh it's so stupid to uh, to talk about, and yet I I enjoy it so very, much.
1: Very Los Angeles thing. You get to name the roads, the four hundred five, and then the San Bernardino uh, uh, expressway I, I know.
0: Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be great? How did, how did you get here? So the, um. Yeah, it's uh but I feel like there's not a way in. Like hypothetically, this was actually a great like exercise for the listeners. Like, suppose I would like to get, you know, uh suppose I would like to enjoy video games, get into, you know, uh top shelf, what are they called? Triple A? Triple A, yeah. Or is that when is that when they your car breaks down and they come tow you at the side of the road? But the the like say I would like to get into this and suppose I have like decent um uh, decent hand-eye coordination, right? Like I have, you know, I I made my living for part of my twenties playing the piano professionally. Like, I, right? Suppose there's no like super, um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, issue. Suppose I have a set of abilities that would that would line up with the set of abilities you need to do uh, video games and stuff like that, right? So, like, where where's my path in? You know, how do I start with something that is not going to do this like? soul crushing thing that that uh you know that mark is that mark is talking about i don't want my soul to be crushed you know by uh by a, an evil jedi or or anything a, a sith lord a uh a giant dragon uh holding a princess hostage um <laughs> you know i don't want i don't want any of those things like and i i watch these people i watch i i like watching youtube videos of speed runs of games in the mario uh series because i have a cultural context to to um
2: are you, are you also a grand Pooh bear fan
0: or a Rio car fan. I, are, are those the people I actually don't know their names. I just, <laughs> do. you
2: just watch their channels. And you don't know who any
0: of them are. I don't even, I probably, I probably watch like their own, uh, you know, cause they stream on Twitch, don't they? So like yeah. I watch them on YouTube. So that someone else has like chopped and screwed the, oh, you know, okay. the, the video or reposted or well, something. Do you, watch, like that. do you
2: watch like, uh, what was, what is it called? Uh, games done quickly. Or is it, um, I was watching the, the highlights from, from, uh, was it awful games done quick,
0: uh-huh.
2: uh, which is when they play really, really, really bad games very fast in <laughs> to speed? But um, i I watch,
0: anyway. these, I watch these people. I, I watch their little Mario avatars just bounding away through World One One, and they look graceful and balletic to me. And like jumping as Mario when I used to play was so full of anxiety, you know. And like there was no there was no like grace to it as they like bang 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 like they're like Chicago should be playing or something <laughs> like that uh and the the whereas i was was like bur, 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 jump 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 ah no my, my mushroom guy turtle guy ah what what's going on I'm, i i feel scared and then uh and <laughs> then i you know then then i stopped um i also i think there's like a a deeper psychological thing i think it's hard as an adult to take up something you're not good at um than than it is as as a kid right like i i i don't know i i would this is probably a different podcast but like I, I have you acquired a skill recently that is not just a refinement of of skills you already had at a you know at least a moderate level of of competence um and this is what's kept me from from taking up the guitar, which I, you know, I has always been such a such a dark mystery to me, and which I've always kind of wanted to to do. But like I, you know, so the idea of starting from zero when I'm a competent musician and in, in other ways, um, like uh, uh, you know, and and going back to that kind of frustration is just really uh, really intimidating. And I'm a I'm a oh, very so, so, yeah. so you want to try parenting that yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you rule number 1 yeah except okay, except no, no, none of you first of all, none, none of you ever first get first good at that <laughs> <laughs> right. at least no. I've to, so, so <laughs> are, by the way
2: that's by the way the answer to your question uh, it is a famous phrase of six letters <laughs> and two words. Uh, spelled G E T G U D. And that is how you get involved in video games. You
1: get is, good. Is it G I T G U D? Oh, is it? I was sorry. I it believe is. so, it, yeah. It, I, all right, fair get, enough. G I T G U D. good, noob. <laughs> so, to their, yes, the answer to your question, Matt, is like, how do I get good at video games? The answer is, well, you just got to get good. <laughs> no, more more well, substantively, first of all, do not make Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Your entry point. That's just brutal. Um, you know, I have this like history of Twitch video games that I thought would serve me well in this. And it kind of yeah, arguably it did not. So, Pete, do you have a better recommendation?
2: Well, I guess what my my recommendation would be to not consider video games to be one activity anymore. They, the, the genres have become pretty calcified. And, yeah, there are new kinds of games that come out. But even new kinds of games that come out is itself a kind of calcified genre. So if your goal is to play video games with friends, then I would find a kind of video game that your friends play and aim to play that with them. Uh, And then I could have I would have various recommendations for how to get started in that kind of in that kind of thing. But it would require knowing what kind of game you wanted to play. Uh, I would I would say don't play games which allow you to talk to strangers because it's the worst uh, I think there's a there's definitely that controversial choice so one of the controversial choices in the design of online games these days is the games that only allow you to say five or six things to your opponent that are like buttons that you can pre-push because they don't trust anybody to not be a total total terrible awful person um, and so it'll be like hello thank you bye right? and like nice so those are the only things you could say right um, but I would say that uh, oh gosh well OK, if there was one. game, So so I, I recently finished playing a game that a triple A game that's very different from the triple A game that, that Mark was playing. I played Paper Mario, the Origami King, which uh, is not going to help you play a game with your friends because you play it by yourself, but which is definitely much more uh, uh, friendly to people who don't play a lot of video games because. The combat system involves kind of arranging tiles in a pseudo puzzle way, uh, but at the same time, it's very much an RPG. So if you don't like those already, you wouldn't want to do it. I mean, I would suggest what—just find a game that you, one of your friends already likes playing. And I guess you—you you already know enough about yourself to rule out certain subgenres. You don't want to play fighting games because you've already tried them. I know we used to play time splitters all the time. I don't think you liked time splitters very much,
0: did you? I didn't. I wasn't uh, around for that. Like that was. Oh, okay. I don't recall that.
2: That was after you left Boston that we were playing Time Splitters. Yeah,
0: I think or, so. Yeah, yeah,
2: or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, and that was a first-person shooting game, right? And so, but you want to share. I mean, there's also sports games, which is tricky because you want to have some sort of fondness for sports in order to do that. You could play. You could play NBA 2K. You could play. Yeah, Madden. it's
0: like Madden, Madden. 20 uh, uh, or t- 21. What uh, What Madden are we on?
2: Uh, we're, uh, 2000, it's the future. (laughs) I mean, Matt, the, 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 the sad answer is play Fortnite, uh, because it's very, it's like, you, you know, you've got, you can get rewarded, uh, sort of, uh, sort of trivially rewarded for having good luck. And that makes you feel better about, um, there are certainly games that, that there are certainly games that are made to make you feel good they make you feel like you're having an increased sense of competence in doing them without actually like testing your sense of competence very much. I think gotcha games, which is the games that are sort of uh, based on the, the, the Japanese style of uh, tiny figure collection in sort of plastic balls, like you would find in uh, at grocery stores in like 1987, uh, which are a whole thing in Japan. Um, there's a whole sub of, mobile games that are based on uh taking some sort of other genre of game and importing into it a a gacha system of collecting various uh characters from the ip of the game right and so um i did i played the naruto one for a while it was um i probably just picked some combination of rush ninja ultimate blast storm whatever that's what they're all called it doesn't it's nothing too nothing too fancy um raid shadow legends and whatnot i I suspect that that's similar although i've only seen it advertised on other places and now you should give me us money for advertising it too um yeah i mean i think the best way is i mean i guess i want to narrow it down matt so you say you want to play video games talk to me about what other things you like like what do you like to do um i mean i know you but i want to (laughs) sort of what's on your mind in terms, of, like you like dogs,
0: right? Yeah, yes. Um, absolutely. I mean, as as you can tell, as any listener to this podcast can tell, I've let I've let mine run roughshod over the the audio quality, which once I used to be so anal about. <laughs> can you remember me t- 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 ten years ago? Dictatorial, iron fist uh, audio quality. People won't listen to it now. Just woof 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 woof. Yes. Are there dog video games? That would be good.
2: Well, you could play Animal Crossing, uh, which <laughs> oh, you you know enough about that to laugh at it. Excellent.
0: <laughs>
2: what is that's, your opinion of Animal Crossing? What's that's your notion? The
0: the Crossy Road, like that's uh, yeah. But what doesn't someone come show up and do your animals? I played Mario Run on my phone. The the. Nintendo, the $10 Nintendo Mario game that they released for, for the iPhone, which was a single tap, um, you know, uh, Mario game, uh, which was pretty good. I really like, uh, I really like, um, a series of games called, uh, uh, Alto's Adventure and Alto's Odyssey, where you play, which are a uh, single touch, uh, platformers, I guess where side scrollers, uh, it's the difference between side scroll and a platformer you see i don 't know the di- the difference between the, the I, I would say that things.
2: that it's there's a lot of overlap mm-hmm.
0: um yeah. but it's a, a single touch side scrolling game where you do you play as like a person snowboarding down a mountain um and various things happen where you get where you get levels, and and yet so Pete, I think I think here's the most important thing to know. I'm I'm scrolling through the games folder uh, on my phone now, which is where I interact where I interact with games. I have a lot of like su- Sudoku apps and sort of uh, puzzle type of things, and then I, I have the uh, iPhone version of Mist. Um, it's funny. I'm,
2: That's a great game for socializing. I'm,
0: I'm old enough to remember. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when Mist came out and like the, the, it was on like 40 CD ROMs or something like that. Um, but I like uh, I I I want to like Mist. I want to be the sort of person who like likes and is really engrossed by Mist more than I am uh, the sort of person ever now or then who who likes and is really engrossed by Mist. And so that's maybe that's uh that's good to start. Uh,
2: I, I want to socialize with my friends and share with them my love of solitude. <laughs> is says,
0: yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> like existential solitude on like a cosmic level. Like the the only possibility for communication right like is is uh, a book left by a long dead guy who like uh you know is lost in time or something and you have to like go through all the the time things and uh and um... i think
2: that's been fifa i think you can play fifa <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i mean okay so let's step back for a second here right you know we've covered a lot of territory here but you know like from the quote-unquote AAA games these very intense you know, uh, experiences that require either a you know powerful gaming PC or a console that costs seven hundred bucks. We talked about the casual puzzle games that are on uh, all of our phones here, right? And I think, are, do we have this assumption uh, that we're swirling around here that is like there is some intrinsic good or this experience that you're missing out on, but not being able to experience these things? It seems like the answer to that is yes. And like, you know to expand on that a little bit, I, I would say that. Um, you know, this, these quote unquote, triple A this like uh modern game con, the modern video game experience at its uh, kind of most sophisticated level, at least in terms of technology does have something to offer for, for nearly everyone. Um, I wouldn't describe the whole thing as um, essential, right? I think all this is to say that like, Matt, if you don't really want to get onto this train and if you just want to keep playing your phone games, that is totally fine. <laughs> you know, well, there, there's not some like, you know, um, you're, you're not uh, missing out on an opportunity to see the face of God by not uh, dropping 400 bucks on, a, on
0: the latest PlayStation. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a I'm not a fake gamer guy. Well, I mean,
2: the issue, of course, is is in this day and age or this environment, this current environment. It is a natural thing to want to socialize over a game of some kind. Uh, A game, a sport, a pastime, something, something that gives you an I mean, play, right, is is I, I would describe play as essential in a broad sense, mostly because it can be so broadly defined that it's hard to come up with a notion of how to how to live socially without doing it. But the idea that this that play in some, of some kind is probably going to be a part of some relationships. And we're in this environment now where we don't get to hang out with each other in person at all. So even the people who do live close to you, you don't see all that often sometimes uh, other than your kind of very, very immediate circle nowadays. So I think that there's a particular attraction to video games. But I just think it's important to keep it in the perspective of if you're doing it in order to socialize, then, you know, Make sure that it works in the context of socialization, uh, because certain games are just not going to do that. You can't. I mean, I guess you can play a fighting game and talk while you're doing it. It's pretty intense. It's a little bit tough to do that if you're not in person with the other person. If you're remote, you could certainly jib jab while you're playing League of Legends or something. But you don't want to talk to the other people. They're jerks. you know, and like, I don't know, I the the most social game I played recently, other, I mean, Smash Brothers is really my most social game where I'll, I'll uh, put on Smash Brothers. I'll call a couple friends from college. Uh, we'll put on a conference call and we'll just play Smash Brothers for like two, three hours before I had a kid. Right. And that's like a thing that I could do. Um, I played Marvel Ultimate Alliance. That was another game that allowed for some sort of thing where conference call going where I can talk with a friend while I'm playing. Um well, yeah, but it's like, I, I don't think that the, the thing that is indispensable or essential about video games isn't the game, mm. right? It's, it's I don't think. I don't think it's the game that's essential. It, it's, it's the play that's essential. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that people get caught in that sick, sad place that I've, I've been for so long, so many days, years of my life. Where you're you're searching for something in video games and you're just not finding it and you're not healthy and you're not happy, um, and I think that what that says is that you're not missing the game, you're missing the play, right? And and, and so is there a kind of playing that is what you're looking for uh, rather than a kind of game? Um, I know that's a weird distinction, but kind of psychologically, psychosocially, I think it makes a uh, kind of sense.
0: Well, sure. I mean, um, on, honestly, I, I you know not to get too uh to up our own asses here but honestly it's what we do every week that's why you know that's why i come back for this you know and and you guys too i imagine right where where we've we've leveled up i mean uh guys we are on level like uh 639 you know (laughs) of this uh of this particular game that that we're doing and i you know i just feel like we have a lot of grinding left to do before we're we're really ready to take on our to take on our our final boss cereal (laughs) or i don't know joe rogan we're gonna beat up joe rogan
2: (laughs) It's gonna be some sort of weird fable where it's like we're going to beat him by making him take off his coat by shining a sun lamp on his heart or <laughs> yeah yeah
0: exactly we're we're going to close the door that is uh that is in his head so he won't be so open minded <laughs> to weird conspiracy theory nuts uh anyway that that took a turn, but um yeah, you know what i mean like i i I feel like the the you know there's a kind of um where there's a kind of like uh there's a kind of self-righteous uh parenting that was common among my parents generation of parents or their cohort anyway where it was like well we can't can't have the kids uh, let the kids have water guns because they're a war toy and we need to uh you know we need to like uh, teach peace but i think teach peace was a bumper sticker but um water guns are awesome and uh <laughs> and if you're here and if your parents didn't let you have them you're a loser so the um but I, I think there is something to the idea of like a, you know, uh, uh, a kind of collaborative play where we all kind of contribute to, to – we all contribute in our small way to making the thing more awesome, to making a common uh, good more awesome. And uh, we win the uh, – you know, we, we – it's not exactly a, a, a winning condition, but there is a gratification that comes the more and more awesome uh, oh, it gets. Oh, so you
1: want to play Minecraft. Is it? <laughs> I was about to say that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's,
1: what, that's what the kids like to 10-year-olds are all doing online because they can't see each other in school right now
0: yeah. yeah and they play so matt play minecraft oh got it answer. all right i'll uh i'll get a server i don't know anyone want an overthinking a minecraft server we can that's that that is within our power to set to set up <laughs> i think we might uh might have to leave it leave it there guys The for our discussion of video games this um this week, but uh there's plenty plenty left as an exercise for the listener, so uh click on through to uh to leave a comment and and join the discussion on any of the things um that we talked about. Mark, uh, did you beat the boss in the end, or did you just uh throw up your hands and discuss and and not go back after that marathon four hour session?
1: I ratcheted the difficulty level down. I beat the boss. I circle back at the uh, previous difficulty level and sort of beat the boss in a simulation mode, but it really wasn't quite the same. So um, at the end of the day, I did enjoy the game a lot, but I feel a little bit let down. I think that is the right word by it. Um, But uh, would I do it again? Yes, because the the shocks and the pellets and the force are all with me. (laughs)
0: This has been Overthinking It. We'll be back next week. Until then, visit us on the web at overthinkingit.com, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it It probably probably doesn't doesn't deserve. Eight and a
2: half out of ten. like, oh, I I played this game, this AAA game, and it made me question the very purpose of why I ever bothered to pick up a video game controller in the first place. It crushed my soul. It sent me home in defeat. uh, And and it kind of made it prompted me to reach out for some sort of measure of understanding or explanation of why anybody does anything. Uh,
1: Eight and a half out of ten. Buy it now on GameStop. Yeah. yeah. Solid recommendation. Exactly. Thumbs up, Steam.com. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.